Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf. This week, talking about the book Designing Your Life by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. Keep listening to find out why passion is not required to build your ideal life. Welcome back. I'm your host, Steph Clark. Each week, I share with you the three big ideas from the best non-fiction business books that I've been reading and do the reading so you don't have to. This week, it is a book I thoroughly enjoyed called Designing Your Life, and it is by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. I'll tell you a little bit more about them very shortly. It's a book that came recommended to me a few times, actually. saw it most recently, or it was most forcibly uh, recommended to me by Anna Oakes. So thanks, Anna, for this hot tip. I very much appreciated it. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast and you'd like to keep a closer eye on some of the books that I've been reading, what I've been reading, what I've been listening to, there's two things you can do. Number one is to subscribe to the Bookmark newsletter. I send it out every fortnight and I share book reviews and go into a little bit more detail on what I liked, what I didn't like about certain books, which I don't always get time to do on the podcast, which is more focused on the big ideas. I also share with you other things I've been reading, some thoughts about books and some top podcasts that I've been listening to too. The other thing you can do is follow me on Instagram where I share on a more regular basis some of the things I've been thinking about reading, etc. It's Steph's Biz Bookshelf, but you can find the link straight away in your podcast show notes. Just hit the link and give me a follow. All right, let's get into this book. Let me tell you a little bit more about the book and about the authors. At last, a book that shows you how to build or design a life you can thrive in at any age or stage. Designers create worlds and solve problems using design thinking. Look around your home or office at the tablet or smartphone you may be holding or the chair you are sitting in. Everything in our lives was designed by someone and every design starts with the problem that a designer or team of designers seek to solve. In this book, Bill Burnett and Dave Evans show us how design thinking can help us create a life that is both meaningful and fulfilling regardless of who or where we are, what we do or have done for a living, or how young or old we are. The same design thinking responsible for amazing technology, products and spaces can be used to design and build your career and your life, a life of fulfillment and joy, constantly creative and productive, one that always holds the possibility of surprise. And that was taken from the website that goes along with the book, designingyour.life. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So let me tell you a little bit more about the authors. Bill Burnett is the executive director of the design program at Stanford and the adjunct professor of mechanical engineering also at Stanford. He actually studied at Stanford back in the day and has worked professionally on a wide variety of projects ranging from award-winning Apple Power Books to the original Hasbro Star Wars action figures. He holds a number of mechanical and design patents and design awards from a variety of products, including the first Slate computer. In addition to his duties at Stanford, he is on the board of VOWS, which is actually spelled V-O-Z, but pronounced VOWS. It means voice in Spanish. It's a socially responsible high fashion startup and advises several internet startup companies. Dave Evans is a lecturer in product design program at Stanford and a management consultant and the co-founder of Electronic Arts. Having participated in forming the corporate cultures at Apple and EA, Dave decided his best work was in helping organizations build creative environments where people could do great work and love doing it. So he went out on his own, working with startup teams, corporate executives, nonprofit leaders, and countless young adults. They were all asking the same question, what should I do with my life? Helping people get traction on that question finally took Dave to Stanford and continues to be his life's work. 
Again, all of that was taken from the designingyour.life website. I'll put up a link in the show notes if you want to head over there. There's heaps of other resources and bits of information and some workshops as well if this is something you would like to get a little bit further in after you've had a little overview from this episode. All right, let's get into it. The three big ideas from the book Designing Your Life by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. Big idea number one, you have multiple options. This is one of my favorite ideas in the book and it is the myth buster of the assumption that there's only one right thing or one right path for us to take or thing for us to do. The reframe they use in the book is that there isn't one solution and that's actually a good thing. So they ask the question or reframe the question, what do you want to be when you grow up into what or who do you want to grow into? And it's a very important point that this is not about a destination. It's actually about the journey on the way. There's a quote in the book that says, your life is not a thing, it is an experience. The fun comes from designing and enjoying the experience. So once you design something, it creates multiple different futures. And overall, it's about creating a portfolio of opportunities that you can take and explore and test and try and and prototype, and then maybe take into action. One of my favorite exercises in the book and one that caused a good conversation over dinner with myself and my boyfriend is one where you create multiple different realities or odysseys as they call them for the next five years of your life. Now you might come up with those pretty quickly and easily. If you don't, they give three different prompts. So the first idea should be along the lines of expanding your current reality. Maybe you are still doing what you're doing, but you are doing it in a more senior position or in a different company or in a different country, something along those lines, or you're doing it in a slightly different way. Or maybe it's actually that you're doing what you're doing and you're carrying on, but you've achieved something else. You've entered the Ironman that you've always wanted to do, or you have traveled to Antarctica, whatever it happens to be. So expanding your current reality And that could include actually going through with an idea you've had or something you've wanted to do for a long time. The second one, the the second prompt for an alternate reality, if you're struggling, is what your reality would be if the thing you do doesn't exist anymore. So the example they use in the book is a management consultant and they say to him, all right, consulting doesn't exist anymore. What would you do instead? So you've got to plan or have a reality for the next five years of your life based on the thing that you normally do and mostly the thing you probably do for work not existing anymore. How would you approach that? What would your different existence look like? That's quite a fun one. And then the third prompt, which you can use to create your other multiple reality is that money is no object. So you have made the money you need, whatever it happens to be or whatever context that happens to be in, but you can do whatever you want. So what would your reality look like? What would you do? What would you not do if money was no object? And I think the most important part for this exercise and for each of these realities you come up with is what questions does it raise and why why do those questions come up? So it could be that if you use those prompts and expanded your current reality that you decide you want to go and open a school. And the question that it might raise is, well, what's that? What's the connection with what I'm doing now? Why that? What is the thing I'm actually trying to achieve by doing that? Because it could be that you can do that in a different way. And that's where you can then start workshopping some of these ideas and reverse engineering them in some ways into their component parts and to the the feeling or into the thing you're actually hoping to do, which might not have to take the form of that particular vehicle, for example. So maybe you don't have to open a school to do the particular thing you want to do. You can actually, there's other ways of doing that. Maybe there's other ways of doing that that are much easier and achieving those particular goals you've got. So that's big idea number one, you have multiple options and then the fun activity of coming up with your different multiple realities to help you find what some of those options could be. 
Big idea number two, no passion required. This is just a quick idea, but it is important. And if any of you happen to have listened to the episode I did quite a little while ago now on So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport, you'll know that I'm a big fan of ignoring this whole passion rhetoric that goes around in the world. So in the book, in this particular book, In Designing Your Life, they talk about passion takes time to develop. It's an output, not an input to life design. I just think that's such an important point. Many people have multiple passions. So how do you start to build a life around passion if that's what you think you have to do if you have multiple passions? And just because you have a passion doesn't mean you should actually do it as your job. There needs to be some skill there as well. Equally, many people don't know what their passion is and particularly younger people. And we're asking these young people who are just studying and finishing maybe degrees or some kind of schooling. And then we're saying, right, what do you want to be when you grow up? What's your passion? Follow your passion. And they're like, well, I'm 18, I'm 19, I'm 20. How do I, how am I meant to know what my passion is? When, you know, for a lot of 18, 19, 20 year olds, they've not done much yet, which is fine because they're only 18, 19 or 20. So that advice is unhelpful at best and actually harmful at worst. Bill and Dave say that you should find your passion through doing, through trying, through experimenting, failing and learning along the way. You don't need to know what your passion is in order to make a first step or to take a small action in a direction and to see what happens. So that's big idea number two, no passion required. Big idea number three is try it on, aka grok it. It'd be very easy to overanalyze your stuckness, maybe this is what you're already doing, and look for more, more, more information. But that likely won't help you beyond a certain point where maybe some information is required. Instead, they say you need to grok it. And you might be asking, what is grok it? And it's spelled G-R-O-K, in case you're wondering what on earth I'm saying. And it comes from this book from the 1960s. It's a sci-fi classic, apparently, Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. And he invented the word grok, and it's used to describe a way of knowing and it's used to describe a way of knowing that Martians or aliens used. And it actually means to understand something so deeply and completely, so much so that you feel that you've become one with it. Now this has entered more common parlance, and I grok that is similar to I get that, but actually deeper or more than that. Anyway, that's what grokking means. So what we must do, what the relevance of this strange word is, is that we must try on or grok our potential realities. So big idea number one, we talked about that you have multiple different realities or multiple different solutions to your problem of not knowing what to do with your life. And before we make big commitments, what we can do is try on our realities and act as if we've made that decision. So they say in the book about living for one to three days to see how it feels. We go around our life knowing that we've made a particular decision. Maybe it's that we want to move to New York, or maybe it's that we want to change career and become a and become a photographer. We walk around for a couple of days to see how it feels and do all of our normal things, but with the knowledge that that is what we're going to do. You don't have to tell other people about it, but when you're cleaning your teeth in the morning, you think, yep, I'm going to be a photographer. I'm going to quit my job and this is how I'm going to do it and I'm going to become a photographer. And you just kind of see how it feels. So the idea of this is using all of the different knowledge bases we have in our body and in our brain to, to help us make a decision because it's probably not just something we can think about. We need to almost feel it. So it's important that we're not living as ourselves, thinking about those options or that decision, but as a person who's already made that decision. There is a bit of a subtle nuance there. And we do this for all of the options, but you do a little bit of a reset in between. So you might spend a couple of days acting as if you have made decision A on your potential reality number one. And then you go back to your normal life for a couple of days, just being normal, doing your normal things. And then a couple more days later, you would do option B or your second potential reality. You'd try it on and act 
and walk around and clean your teeth and go to coffee, etc. experiencing the life of someone who has made that decision to see how that one feels and so on and so forth for the different options. So I really like this. I think it's such a fun way of getting to do a little bit of play pretend. And you might start looking into different things just to see how that feels as well. So using the example, if you want to go and go and do what you're doing maybe, but go and do it somewhere else. So say let's use New York as an example. You might then start researching where you might live in New York because you've made that decision in your mind. You don't necessarily commit to anything. You might not buy anything, but you act as if you've made the decision that that is what you're going to do. And like I said, it's a really good test to see how that, how that decision feels when you're living with it. And you don't have to tell anyone, like I mentioned, which is potentially important if you're trying on a couple of different ones. But that's really up to you to decide how you want to use this particular experiment. But the thing to notice is how you feel and how different parts of it feel as well. Are you excited? Are you scared? Are you nervous? Are you really dreading some parts of it? And thinking about which ones of those are good healthy emotions to feel and not that if you're scared or you're dreading parts of it that that's a bad thing necessarily or that you shouldn't do it but which bits are you which bits are you excited about and which bits are you not because that's something to then unpack and maybe that means that the experiment or the potential reality needs a bit of an adjustment so that's big idea number three try it on aka grok it so there we go three big ideas from designing your life by bill burnett and dave evans big idea number one you have multiple options Big idea number two, no passion required. And big idea number three, try it on or grok it. As I mentioned, I really enjoyed this book. It is really practical. There's some really nice ideas of using design thinking or human-centered design type techniques on your own life, which I think we sometimes don't do whilst we might be aware of these things. We don't necessarily apply them to ourselves. So it's worth having a read for that. And it's one you can dip in and out of. And I really encourage you to do some of the activities and exercises makes for some great journaling prompts in there as well. And just opens your mind, throws away some of the misconceptions we have about life and career and that we only have one choice or one chance then that's it we've got to stick with it and we've got to do it forever and particularly thinking around or rethinking some of the things around sunk cost fallacy and just because we've put 10 years into something doesn't mean we can't then do something different because we've probably got further ahead than us than what we've already had if you've read this book if you've maybe applied some of the lessons maybe made a big change as a result of it i would love to hear from you let me know what you thought my contact details as usual are in the show notes linkedin and instagram are the best places to get in touch But otherwise, until next time, happy reading.